Welcome to the 100th episode of Go Black Boy Go. Yay! I, you know, I wish, I really wish, like, I cared enough to do sound effects, but I really feel like um, my my soothing voice is enough. So, because I'm enough. <laughs> oh my God, 100 episodes. Um, you know, when I started the show, it was just in uh, with a raggedy mic, a raggedy USB mic. I still use a USB mic, but it's not raggedy. And, um, you know, over time, and it's just grown into, I, I don't know, some, some, it's, this show has really grown into something that I needed to keep doing in order to continue exploring myself. I, I guess I don't realize how important self-exploration has been for me. Well, I realize it now, but before I didn't realize it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, this show has been very rewarding because of that. I've talked to so many, so many guests and so many like artists and other smart people that I admire and want to learn from. Um, yeah, and so I'm just really grateful to be, to reach this, this, uh, what's the word? It's not landmark. This milestone. And it just gives me motivation to keep going because you always, any kind of creative thing that you do you always need to like regenerate your your motivation because i don't know it, it gets very hard to keep things going so i don't know i'm very happy and i thank all of y'all for uh continuing to listen to me and to grow with me um i've yet to go back and listen to everything i really don't want to but i i i need to because i am a totally different person than i was three years ago when i first i mean i did this when i first started grad school totally different person totally different outlook on life um and i haven't talked about this much on on this season because I just don't want to talk about it. But I mean, I've been dealing with a breakup. Um, and, you know, it was pretty uh, devastating in the beginning. But over like, over time, I through doing this show through continuing to explore myself, continuing to read black feminism. Um, I have just grown into the person that I knew, like that I've always wanted to be, which is this mix of um, a child and an adult. <laughs> My mom keeps saying that I'm grown. I am. I, I tell her I'm not grown. Don't call me grown. I'm still a child. You're still responsible for me. Mm -mm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna milk this. Uh, this. Uh, this 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 childhood for as long as I can. I'm gonna be 60 and I'm still a child. 
you know but i mean that's the thing though i feel like uh, i mean just uh, black people in general and queer people too we don't tend to have childhoods we have to grow up quickly or our childhoods are are robbed of us um and especially when we think about um boys at a at a young age being robbed of childhood um um black boy b one of my guests talked about this so eloquently um and so i really feel like as i continue to grow i want to get in touch with the like the childhood and the adolescence that i never had like in high school everybody was out you know having sex and shit and i was just at the house like trying to literally hide in the closet you know that was not fun high school was not fun for me um college was a disaster and grad school has been a disaster but now i'm just like no bitch you're on my time i'm not on your time you're on my time you you know you 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 uh university of Oregon might you know got my degree uh that i gotta get but it's on my time <laughs> it's on my time yeah i feel like i just want to continue being that child that i feel like i didn't get to be all the time and yeah that is my that's my form of resistance yeah and i think one thing that ha that i've been doing to uh really some something that surprised me that i that i uh, enjoy doing because i used to not enjoy doing it is shopping and window shopping window shopping is still shopping like you're just going to observe the clothing and i mean i like to touch clothing and feel the fabric and um i like to i also like to walk into different stores to get the atmosphere so i mean shopping is a whole experience you don't always have to buy you know stuff when you go shopping especially when you are uh, on a fixed budget um so one thing i enjoy is going window shopping and, and shopping and, and experimenting with fashion um i this is something new to me but i i dress the clothes that I like to wear, I mean, it's from men and women departments. Sometimes women's clothing, um, particularly sweaters and pants, um, I like the way they fit better than men's clothing. And then sometimes, like, I really wanted to get a turtleneck. But in the style and women's clothing that is available to me, the turtlenecks are more like flayed out and I wanted a turtleneck that was more like tight around my neck and I was able to find that in a men's department so um but I like to I like to you know kind of shop around through I guess it's like genderless shopping um and I like to just experiment with different um I don't know different clothing i don't know for some reason i like i really like oversized sweaters now this used to not be a thing but i like oversized sweaters um 
I don't know. I always feel very rich in an oversized sweater for some reason. And I'm really happy about this. Um, I bought my first purse. <laughs> it's really like, it's a big, like, black bag. Um, and I got it at DSW for $50. It was a steal. Really, it was a steal. Got it at DSW. Um, it's a big black Steve Madden bag. And I'm in love with it. Like, I'm only, like, I'm only, it's so big that, you know, it's like you want to put a lot of stuff in there, but it gets, that thing gets heavy. Like, I bought it and put my, all of my, put some bags in there and it was like really heavy. So, what I'm going to do, I'm only going to put like three things in there just so I can carry it on my arm, on my forearm here and just, and just walk around like, oh. Oh, just just feeling just feeling myself. It really like it really just adds to my personality. You know, I look rich, but I'm very, very, you know, budgeted. It's very budgeted. Um, and um, yeah, what else? What am I gonna say about that? <laughs> Speaking of big, big bags, every time I'm walking on the street. This used to be this used to didn't be like this when uh, last year when everybody was talking about uh, when all the white folks were saying black lives matter. It didn't used to be like this, but they're back to their old ways now. So when I'd be walking on the street, it'd be these real like sorority, sorority white girls that be thinking I'm going to move off the street for them. And I'd be having like big bags and. And they be thinking I'm going to move off the street for them. And I don't. And they end up getting hit by one of my bags. Accidentally, of course. But they 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 expect me to move. And I don't move. And it's, it's like, it's before, but it's like, this is something I had to teach myself not to do. Like, accommodate white people and public space. That that's something I had to teach myself not to do because for the longest I would just walk off the sidewalk, um, or 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 I would feel obligated to get off the sidewalk, um, and I'm I don't want to I don't want to say I don't know if they're aware of it because I do think they're aware of it. it the, the these interactions it's almost as if they expect me to move off the sidewalk because the, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because I'm black or because I, because they I don't know, but they expect me to move off the sidewalk. I don't move off the sidewalk and they usually get hit with my big bag and I'm going to be walking around with a big black bag and um, won't be moving off the sidewalk. And, you know, whoever runs into the bag runs into the bag. And that's all there is to it. Oh, and um, oh my goodness, I completed my uh, first film project um, and shared it with people. And I, I mean, it was a really special experience, but it was very nerve wracking because I wasn't uh I don't know. I, I didn't know how people were going to respond with it. 
I have a potty mouth. So I thought that was going to uh, turn people off. But it seemed like um, from the people that I heard from that they really enjoyed it. And I got some really nice messages from friends and family. So um, I wanted to thank everyone for um, watching that if you had a chance to watch that. And I will, I'm going to continue doing uh, the series uh, for as long as we're in this pandemic. I really want to not only capture the changes of the pandemic, um, but I really want to chap the, the chapter. <laughs> I really want to capture um, the changes with myself. I mean, where I was at the beginning of this year to now is like, I don't know. I'm a total, I'm, I keep saying I'm a totally different person, but it's like, no, I'm just who I was, who I always was. That's what it is. I'm, I'm finally who I always was. And I don't feel um, held down to any expectations of who, or who, who, who other people think I should be. Um, really taking ownership over who I am because it's very easy to let other people define you for yourself. I don't know. So I had to just, had to, had to leave a relationship and then had to really just tap into myself and, and just continue explore myself this is gonna and i mean i've just realized that i mean like this is gonna be something i do for the rest of my life like this is this is how this is like how i am going to live my life is through continuing to explore myself through art and through whatever through my studies and and whatnot i mean i just really have to say like reading black feminism has changed my life like i mean I would not be where I am. In fact, I really think black when I when I came to the school and took a class, took two classes with um, Professor Shanika Roach, who teaches at Brandeis University. Um, when I took those classes with her um, and just immersed myself in the reading, it really gave me the tools to understand myself as a black man, as someone who identifies as a black man and as a queer black man. And it just gave me a language to talk about pain. I mean, I didn't really, I mean, and I didn't really begin to really understand what it means to talk about pain until I read Bell Hooks's Rebel Cool. I mean, in terms of talking about pain and, and, and black masculinity. And then, I mean, just a little bit about my, um, so I'm studying for my exams and a large portion of my list is uh, black feminist cultural criticism. And um, th there's some texts on there that really, that I read in full and, um, have really changed the way that I think about things. I mean, 
one of them right now is I think about this this text so so many times. Michelle Wallace's um, Black Macho and the Myth of the Superwoman. Um, I believe it came out in seventy five. Maybe I'd have to double check, but it's. I mean, it's just really her chrono chrono chronicling. I don't know if I said that right. Chronicling, chronoling. Uh, I'm gonna choose a different word. It's her describing her experience watching the civil rights movement through television, through um, other like newspapers, through conversations she had with you know uh, friends and family. A bit about her experience in a. Um, I don't know if it was a mental hospital. I think it was a kind of like a girls hospital for like runaway girls that have to check it again but just in this this period of the 60s and 70s and in the changes um that the that the black community was was experiencing and um just the way that she thinks about history um i mean thinking about slavery and this um so this civil rights era um context um is really really uh, it's i don't i i want to say imaginative but not in a way like she's just making stuff up i think she really shows how um in terms of doing work on black history you have to tell you have to think of ways to tell the story um and tell the story in different ways and i think that i think that's what that book does and she really explores you know the gender and sexual politics um within the black community and really i mean i like i like the sections where she talks about black macho this kind of like hyper masculine um black nationalist um uh, these uh, books, th- this rhetoric and these books that came out during that period where um, Black men were just spouting all of these um, very harmful things towards women and queer people and um, themselves, really. And, um, you know, white publishers published it readily and ate that shit up and it really angers me because that is that is the le- the legacy that they left behind through those texts that is um the reason why my childhood was the way it was because all of those teachings from the civil rights era that were heavily masculinist um just uh polluted the minds of the community that I grew up in and still does. And so one of the things that I want to do with this degree that I'm getting is um, continue to educate my my relatives and friends and let them know that they they don't have to be, they don't have to subscribe to gender 
and sexual roles just because that is something that you were taught you you have the ability to explore them th- explore those things on your own and you have the power to do such and in fact taking power over how you choose to identify is the the most resistant the most resistive thing that you can do in this this world so um so yeah that that book really resonates resonates with me um so yeah i mean um so that's what i got going on studying for my major field exams that i plan to take in the first week of december and once i pass those then i will begin the process of writing my dissertation which i'm very excited about because it means that i'm all i'm almost done with school and i i said this i said this i'm not going back to school anymore like this will be it like anything else that i want to learn i'm just going to learn about it on youtube that's that's what i'll do anything else that i want to learn i'm going to learn about on youtube i am so done with school i'm so tired i'm so tired of being a student Ugh, i'm so tired anyway um and yeah so so that's school that's what i got going on with school and studying so i've been studying over the summer i oh have i talked about the class that i taught over the summer this is gonna be a long episode okay um so over the summer i taught a class called um what was it called? Gender and Blackness and Reality TV. Um, I had a wonderful class. I want to share some of our conversations because the students are so amazing and smart and they don't think they are, but they are. And um, I don't know, like, I was hesitant at first to teach this stuff just with the blackness i didn't know how they were going to take the blackness um and um you know it was like half white students and half um um, women of color which i enjoyed and i don't know we had some really good talks about flavor of love and charm school and jocelyn's cabaret and um rupaul's drag race um just a lot of great conversations on uh, i really with that class i mean we talked about things such as like ratchetness and ghetto these stereotypes that often are considered like just a stereotype and nothing there's no when people like when it's used kind of colloquially and they're used in ways that are like derogatory and so one of the things that I wanted to do was allow my class to see that with the scholars that we read, um, was that ratchet, like this idea of ratchetness, this idea of ghetto, it, there's actually some artistic quality to it, you know, with Jocelyn being, Jocelyn's a mess, but um, she's an artist. and. I wouldn't work for her, but I think she's amazing. Um, but like with Jocelyn, you know, performing ratchetness on Love and Hip Hop, 
you know, there's a artistic quality to it. And there is a quality, there is something that is attached to um, just Black cultural practices at large. I mean, like I said, ratchet, rat, being ratchet is is considered it's like a derogatory term, but there is, I really think that there is an opportunity to think about more, more fully about what it means to embody ratchetness and how it can be used as a critique of white supremacist capitalist patriarchy, to use Bell Hooks' term. Um, which is, I mean, that's, and especially ghetto, like, you got to think about these things. These are like class-based words that are used to correct someone's behavior for not, you know, appearing respectable. And so when someone is acting ratchet or ghetto, I mean, they're defying respectability and they are defying, it's defying respectability, which, which is a product of white supremacy. So in some, you know, I think everybody should, you know, be as ratchet and ghetto as you need to be. Sometimes you do got to get ratchet and ghetto to get your point across. I've certainly um, had to do that a few times, (laughs) a few times this year. Um, And so, yeah, that was that class. It was great. And um, I'm doing uh, the history of motion pictures again. <laughs> I love how I say that. Um, I, I tried to I tried to hide the um, my 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 uh, discontent uh, at teaching this class, but it's actually going okay. It's going okay. Um, of course, I don't like the fact that we're back in person, but. I try not to think about that when I go to class. Um, but I also want to normalize it for my students that this is not normal, what we're doing. Um, and um, that it's okay to, to, to not be okay. And to talk about, you know, to talk about that amongst our, amongst the class. I mean, I don't know if they get the space to do that in their other courses, but they will in mind because I, no, I, I don't want to normalize violence. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and so, yeah, I mean, at, when I taught this class last year, at the, during the beginning of the pandemic, it was terrible. I didn't, I didn't start liking it until like, I taught it like a few terms later. And so with this portion, this is like the silent film portion. Um, I want, I really want to challenge myself and my students to consider ways that we can think about silent, this silent film era from a black feminist perspective. Um, and, you know, we don't have texts that, that they're not reading because I don't, I didn't make the curriculum. They're not reading texts that do that so it's really stuff that i'm my own knowledge and research that i'm bringing in and just kind of you know leaving the space for them to you know interpret and 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 talk about 
Um, but I really want to challenge the class to think of Black feminist ways to interpret silent film. One of the things that I kind of said to them was, you know, who are we seeing in these silent films mostly? And who are we not seeing? And how does that inform the way that you view it? I mean, majority of the class is white. So I'm, I'm honestly very curious on what they think. Um, and then I'm also very curious on what my students of color think. I mean, I mean, I gotta be honest. I mean, watching silent film is a little traumatizing because I'm just watching white people. But also, like, I mean, it's kind of a mistake of the curriculum where, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of black uh, and, and, and POC uh, artists, performers, directors, producers, writers at, at this, in this time period. And all that is kind of presented in, in this course is, um, mostly not that so again it's like with this class it's like juggling how much I want to give them um and how much I want them to be aware of and then also just like protecting my time and protecting my space because I can't control like the fact that they don't have those resources so I think I mean I think something that I'll do is just kind of just make them aware of it um, and then just leave the space open to, you know, interrogate the whiteness. We like with last year, you know, with Black Lives Matter um, being at the forefront of all of our media coverage and all of our conversation. Um, we 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 cannot go back to not interrogating whiteness um and i don't know i i'm trying to feel out like where my class where my class is with that because i want to go there but if you know it's like i want to be the only person going there and because i don't i don't know if that would be productive for them because then it's just me talking the whole time i want them to talk about it and them to interrogate it i mean that's i mean i really think that's what film does i mean doesn't it present you know humanity and make you you know rethink things shouldn't it shouldn't it do that shouldn't film do that so that's where i am with teaching um this term and yeah i mean as far as like i mean i don't really go on campus often because it's just like I was I'm so shocked I, I I mean I remember what it was like pre-COVID where it was like a lot of students then but I don't know I guess I'm just so shocked at seeing so many people so quickly and like I don't know everyone laughing I don't know why that upsets me but everyone laughing and giggling and all the sorority and fraternities like doing whatever they do and all these events and I'm just like, really? I don't know. And so I just be walking around campus, go, going to where I need to go to and and going back home. That's all I do. I 
I, I, the pandemic has really con confirmed for me that I do not like crowds and will never like crowds. Um, yeah, yeah, that's where I stand with that. <sighs> so this will be, um, I'm gonna go on a break for a little bit. I need time to study and time to create. I'm working on, oh, well, this is exclusive, y'all. I haven't told nobody. Um, I'm working on, well, in addition to um, gathering content and and um, uh, filming some stuff for my, my next film, uh, Fall 2021, I am working on, <gasps> oh my God, I'm actually going to say this. Um, I'm working on two spoken word albums. Um, one will be a short one released around Halloween time. And then another one, it's going to be released um, probably like December-ish. Um, I'm really, so as, I mean, I'm, I'm juggling a lot. Like I'm having to study, I'm studying, but then, I mean, I, I want, I need to create. And that's something that I have to do. Because if I don't do that, then I'm I'm not a happy camper. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for for that. I'm really just trying to experiment with different forms of uh, speaking and um, trying to experiment with how to how to say words. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think rap music. Um, particularly 90s rap has really um, informed um, the the kind of style that I'm going for. And I also recently um, encountered um, spoken word poetry from the 70s. Um, the, oh, the Last Poets, I believe. Um, I listened to their, their first album and I'm just so amazed at just I did I didn't know I was not aware of this being something. I mean, I was aware that there was probably like spoken word albums, but like no, they they do like poetry and like they do like drums and I am just I I hate that this stuff was like not something I grew up with, but I'm glad that I'm finding it out and I found out about it through this documentary called Soul, exclamation mark, on um, HBO Max. And it's about the show called Soul that was on um, in the 70s. Um, and so, I mean, I'd, I'd recommend that to anyone who wants to learn more about the aftermath of the civil rights movement. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, I think in terms of my art, and in terms of my research, I think I'm always going to return to the civil rights movement and the aftermath because that was one of the first times that um, America really reckoned with on large display um, the structural violence of black people. And then sadly, like it was, um, I don't want to say it was short-lived, but, you know, things change and, you know, 
the 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 advancements of the movement did spark progress and then but you know there's still more to do um and more to recuperate from that experience from from that legacy so i feel like i'll always go there and i'll always go to um slavery i mean there's so much that we'll never know about what our ancestors went through um and i think as a creative person all i all the the one thing that i can do is imagine what that could have been like in order to in order to kind of put myself in their shoes and to try like just try to understand it more so um so yeah that's what i got going on uh and so this I, i'm gonna go on a break for a little bit um don't know when i'll be back probably um around january um and as far as like the show itself i'm just gonna continue exploring myself like i keep like this show first started off as a podcast about grad school and i mean in some ways it still is but also like i don't want to talk about grad school all the time like no i'm not gonna do that so um i'm gonna continue interviewing people that i find special and um, amazing i want to keep interviewing my family i think the interview that i did with my mom and my aunt really captured um some of my family history uh without them maybe being aware of it but you know that some of those stories are stories that i remember being told and some of them are new and with me um with me having the knowledge continuing to read and have the knowledge that I have, I'm able to contextualize some of these experiences and really put them in the context of this kind of like post-civil rights era. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I want to continue doing that and um, continue exploring Black history and Black culture and, and um, queer culture and showing how queer Black history and culture is and I don't know oh I I I want to um continue I want to do uh more um uh like criticism like like more like cultural criticism um so yeah I, I don't know I, it's just going to be a mix of things and no I'm never going to use uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to use um I'm not gonna use sound effects or uh, or a or a what is this, a theme song. I'm not using it because, as I said, my voice should be enough. My voice is enough. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm like full of myself, but I know I'm not because I'm recovering from trauma. Yeah, so that is where the show is going to go. I still want to think of ways to incorporate the audience but i need to give myself time to really like think about that and i gotta find the time to do that with all this shit that i'm trying to do 
But yes, that's where the show is heading. That it's going to be, it's just me continuing to explore myself and continuing to mature and grow. Um, one day I'll, I'll, I'll work up the courage to start from the, from the beginning and listen to uh, <laughs> those episodes uh, from whence I, I came. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like that just, uh, I, I did a flash for it and I'm just like cringing at all of those episodes. Cause I, I really don't know who I was when I was doing that, when I were doing, when I was doing those episodes and I'm like, don't, I don't want to know, but I know I need to know. So it's like this kind of internal battle, but anyway, going on a break. Uh, thank y'all so much for supporting the show in any way that you uh, have. And um, thank you for supporting my growth. I am very honored to celebrate that I was nominated for a Black Podcasting Award um, in the category of Best Black LGBTQ podcast and I was nominated with uh, two podcasts that I absolutely love busy being black who won this category congrats to them and here for pod which is one of the original podcasts that I um, started listening to and am just a fan of so it was um, a very special and surreal experience just kind of being honored for my work and it just gives me further motivation to continue putting content out there and to not let my inner saboteur um take over because that bitch be coming up out of nowhere so and um i don't know i, I like to i like to end these episodes wishing y'all something so um, as always, I always, you know, want to wish my, 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 my people, uh, peace, happiness, and creativity. Oh, and most importantly, love until next time.